It's the 16th of October 2019, and this is HBR episode 2923, entitled Describing How I Listen to Podcast Part 5. It's, of course, hosted by Mr. X, and it's about 29 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is, in this episode, I cover how to use my second add-on board, the Pie Face Control and Display. And the show notes contains photos and detailed instructions for your information. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Welcome Hacker Public Radio audience. My name is Mr X and welcome to this podcast. I'd like to start by thanking the people at HPR for making this service available to us all. It's really an invaluable service. They go to a great deal of effort to uh, streamline the service and make it as easy as possible to use. Just pick up a microphone, record something and send it in. You must have something interesting to say, I'm sure. Uh, it's really quite easy. If I can do it, anyone can. Okay, this is part five of my series about how I uh, consume podcasts, listen to podcasts, something like that anyway. And uh, last time I was talking about my uh, second add-on board, which is a Pie Face, uh, what is it called? Pie Face Command and Display, I think it is, something like that. Um, and um, this time I'm going to describe what I've actually done with the thing, you know, what tape, how I use it, what do you... What, what you, what, how I use its capabilities and whatnot, and um, it's hugely flexible and can be used for uh, lots of purposes. Really, um, you could uh, turn it into an internet radio. You could uh, uh, control uh, a Kodi instance somewhere. Um, there's a whole host of things you could do with it. Um, but uh, I'll uh, uh, cover what I've done with it. The um, the description. Um, the manufacturer says that you can basically throw away your keyboard and mouse. I think that's a bit of a, a stretch of the imagination. You, you you couldn't use it like a, a desktop computer or something. Uh, but uh, uh, for simple uh, controls, it's uh, it's absolutely ideal. Anyway, here we go with part five. Okay, so I'll, I'll um, explain the uh, operation of this uh, uh, project that I built um, out of a uh, Pi Face Control and Display add-on board, a Raspberry Pi, an enclosure, um, and a few other bits and pieces. 
so um, it's uh, the enclosure tends to sit. Uh, I, I may have mentioned. I'm not sure. Look at my notes when I'll I'm going to pull this all together. So I may have already mentioned it, but it, 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 it tends to sit on its back, which means you can't see the display. Um, and the idea was that I could uh, use this, see this thing from all around the the, uh, the room. Um, I might not necessarily be very close to the thing to to, to, to to see it sort of thing. So I didn't think it was very good that it was lying on its back. So I got a an I'm going to I got an anchor an anchor stand uh, for a, for a, for my tablet, and um, I wasn't actually using it very much, and I found it fitted just perfectly. And it, it holds the unit at a 45 degree angle, so I can and I can change the angle as well, of course. And it sits very securely, it never falls off, and uh, and also gives you access to all the buttons and whatnot. So yeah, it works really well. And uh, in essence, um, what happens is uh, this uh, is like a, a remote control unit, remote header unit for uh, a Raspberry Pi upstairs. Um, which uh, has uh, the uh, audio player mock music on the command line running uh, all the time. And uh, by pushing a button, it issues an SSH command to control mock on the other Pi, which is upstairs in the bedroom, and um, allows me to play my uh, my podcast at will. It's, um, it's, uh, the system works really, really well. I'm very pleased with it, in fact. It's a really good solution. I just plug it and forget about it, really. Um, I don't know if it's quite unique. I don't know if you can do that with other operating systems. You know, can you, could you issue a command line um, command to another remote computer uh, to remotely control something? You know, in other words, could you script things uh, on other operating systems? Is it possible in Windows? I don't know. Maybe somebody could tell me that. I've never done that in Windows. Didn't know it was possible. Maybe it is. I've recently I uh, was at a friend's house and uh, was uh, they had a, a a posh plush Apple Mac thing uh, laptop and it had SSH in it. I, I, I know know nothing about uh, Apple Mac, so I don't know if you can control um, if you can issue an SSH command to an Apple Mac and remotely control things, you know, run things, uh, script it remotely. Uh, it's very very it's hugely powerful, um, so. Maybe that's quite unique to Linux. I don't know. Um, anyway, so this um, this project, I'll uh, I'll describe how it works and what it does. I'm going to just plug it in now. So, oh god, <laughs> nearly just pushed it off the table there. There's a plug. Any second now. Right, get that out of the road. Come on, get in. Ah. Right. I think that's it. Yeah. So, um, yes. So when you do that, you get a, a brief flash from. Um, I've got a blink stick connected to the right-hand side of the unit, and uh, oops, just move the microphone here. Uh, the blink stick has got uh, two RGB LEDs, a front-facing one, a black back-facing one, and you, you can mix the colours from the three LEDs to approximate any colour you like, sort of thing. Uh, so that's quite useful. Uh, behind that is a, a Wi-Fi um, a dongle thing, uh, which has quite a lot of latency on it. Uh, but uh, so this is only a tiny amount of um, uh, data going back and forward. 
it really isn't an issue and I'm not on a race or anything like that and it's actually sometimes quite, sometimes quite handy because it introduces delays giving a chance to see information on the screen before things happen and on the left hand side there's an SD card oh now it's come up and it says um, system up now it says waiting for IP and now it's flipped to a screen that says uh, only 8 days for free HPR slot and um, now the blue, the front-facing LED on the blink stick uh, comes up blue, and uh, that tells me that we're a wee bit short on shows. Um, so get recording. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so if it, if 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 that number it, it scrapes it off the it gets it off the HPR site, and if that number is more than is ten or more, then it's green. The LED uh, is green. If it's uh, less than that, but but more than I think it's seven, then it's blue. And if it's seven or less, I think it goes red. So it's just so that I can I, I basically switch it on when I come in from work or whatever, and uh, you know, thirty seconds, forty five seconds later, I, I glance over at it, and by looking at the LED, I can tell is HPRQ uh, empty or or adequate sort of thing. And gives me an idea if I need to post a show or whatever. So that that's what I use that for. And that only comes up when you uh, first switch the device on. That's a, a, a recent thing that I added to the uh, to the project. I've been adding bits to it for maybe a few years now. Um, th- so I'll just if I push the so there's there's five buttons along the bottom of the, the device, um, four grouped together, and a fifth one. Just slightly further apart, making it be easier to to uh, differentiate it from the other four. So the one in the end, if I push that one, the display will go to the main screen, and that you know the, the message will disappear. And also, the uh, blink stick goes out. So that's me uh, basically cleared that message. Um, and if I push that button now again, what that button does now is it toggles the back light. Um, on the LCD screen. That's quite handy. So, um, yeah. So, I'll describe uh, uh, the functions uh, that these buttons do. So, um, the main screen, first of all, uh, on the top left-hand corner, it has got a number zero on it, and that signifies that we're in menu zero. There's actually a, there's three menus on the thing. Confusingly, it starts at zero. So from now on, I'll just talk about zero, one, and two. So menu zero is used when I'm controlling um, playing podcasts, basically. And uh, menu one is for playing audiobooks. And menu two is uh, system. And these were all added over time. Um, you know, uh, Mock can, can play... Can queue up multiple, um, multiple uh, things. So I've got a, a podcast queue and a audiobook queue. I can't remember the actual command. It might be dash y. I can't remember. So you, you basically pick a different, um, different, a different uh, directory, and uh, you can set up another, another queue. Um, I should have looked at that. Let me just think. Uh, I'll, po- I'll probably describe it when I. In more detail when I'm uh, describing uh, mock itself, or may have already done so, depending on when I rec- uh, how I record this uh, this show. But um, 
So the, the, the next to the number zero is a number one, and next to that, uh, right beside it, is a play control, a play symbol, and a pause symbol. So basically, if I push the button one, it plays and it either plays or pauses uh, my podcasts that are in the playlist. And it does that by issuing uh, the command uh, mock uh, dash capital G, which is toggle. So that toggles between play and pause. And uh, I think from memory, if you push the button, it'll say uh, audiobook on the top line, and it'll say play uh, slash pause. And it stays there for a second or so and then disappears. And when it disappears, that means that the command's been sent and accepted by the Pi. Um, you know, it can take a second or so. Luckily, a lucky fluke that the Wi-Fi adapter is a bit, has got a bit of latency in it. Sometimes it can sit for two, three, four, five seconds um, while it's doing its thing. Generally, it just takes a second or so. Um, but I'm in no hurry, so it doesn't matter at all. Uh, so that's uh, that's button one. Button two uh, says. Um, um, button two says info next to it, and that that gathers information uh, f- of the current track you're playing, and it uses the dash i command, so mock space dash i, and uh, again that was built up over time. It didn't do all this initially, and in fact I think my first command ever built on the thing was just to play and pa- play and pause, you know, toggle play and pause, and uh, so it's, it's been a gradual build up of. Um, options and things. So I push button two. I'll, I might need to speak kind of quick because it happens kind of quick. So let's just see. I push button two. Oh, so it says menu zero, uh, button two, uh, podcast. That's in the top line. And then on the bottom line, it says uh, information. And then, so that stays there for a second. So depending on how long the Wi-Fi card takes to send that information, that, that command, I should say, and then it says um, uh, 6 of 18 tracks, 34, 55 seconds. Um, when it also tells you that, it's, that, that, that Mock is either in the play mode or in pause mode, the top left-hand symbol tells you is it, is it is the track currently playing or pausing. And it also finally tells you that there's 31, for 31 minutes and 48 seconds left to play. And finally, it says Late Night Linux, um, Season 13, Episode 15. And then jumps back to the main screen again. Uh, so yeah, so there's there's three bits displayed on the screen. First of all, the first bit telling you that it's the command that's issued. The second bit tells you about the running time and whatnot. And finally, the third command tells you the, the track information. So that that is really quite useful. So I, I know oh I'm getting quite near the end of my my playlist. I better add some more tracks. Um, you know, so uh, but it could take me weeks to a week or so to get through. Uh, that many uh, podcasts, and of course you can queue up loads of uh, um, tracks, obviously. So that's button two. Button three has got um, uh, a rewind symbol written, and I had to draw some of these actually. Uh, and button three, it just says uh, podcasts uh, next, and then it, it sorry podcasts and previous it says, and it jumps to the previous track. And likewise, button four. Uh, it says podcast next track. Now I, I added a wee extra thing to the to the, the 
previous and next tracks because I found that I maybe miscounted the buttons. Sometimes I was trying to push info, for example, which is the second button, and I pushed the third one button by mistake. And then I would uh, go back a track and, oh, heck. So what I did is for the previous and next track buttons, because I don't use them very often, I introduced a, a double tap facility so that you need to tap it twice within a certain amount of time for it to activate. If I only push it once, nothing happens. So that stopped me falsely going back and forward a track when I didn't want to. And finally, the, the fifth um, the fifth button turns toggles the backlight on the LCD, which I mentioned uh, previously. And the, the menu one is exactly the same uh, as menu zero, except it does it for my... Uh, my audiobooks, the same thing for the audiobooks. Um, if I'm in either menu zero or menu one, which is for audiobooks or podcasts, if I push, there's a there's a there's um, a, a toggle switch on the top of the unit, and you can toggle it either to the left, to the right, or you can push it down. So if you push it down, um, I've got another menu come up. It says uh, zero, so it tells you I'm in menu zero, which is audiobooks, and it says seek. And below the seek is a message exit uh, with a minus and a plus either side. Now, if I push the button in again, it would just exit back out. But if I push it uh, uh, to the left, it, it says uh, minus one minute. Uh, push it again, minus two, minus five, ten, twenty, forty, and finally it returns back to exit. And likewise, pushing it the other way does does you know goes plus so many minutes. So that allows me to seek forward or back in, a, in the current track. I'm just going to come out with that. Exit. Um, and we've got a, a menu 2, which is obviously the third menu, confusingly, and it says to system. And then it comes to the screen for system. And at the top left-hand corner, it says 2 to, 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 to show you that you're in the system menu. And for button 1, it says sys information. Button 2 says Wi-Fi. Button 3 says HPR, and button 5 is light. So if I push button 1, sysinfo, now I think that might be a command I, I pockled, pockled, stole, of the intertubes. Um, so it runs a separate command, but it gives you information about what the Pi is doing. So if I push button 1, it says 1 system information, waiting for IP, gives me a 192.168.1.10, uh, 39.0 degrees, and... Oh, I'll just do that again because I missed it. System info, waiting for IP, 26.1, uh, 26.1%. Not sure what that means. Um, is that the Wi-Fi signal? I'm not quite sure. Um, button 2 uh, gives you information about the Wi-Fi. So if I push button 2, 1, 2, it says system Wi-Fi info. Gives me the SSID, 95% signal strength in the IP address. Quite handy. Uh, button three, which I won't push, does the same thing as um, when you first turn the Pi on. It, it, it goes to the HPR site and 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 scrapes off how many shows are left in the queue. Um, so that's that one. Finally, five turns the light off and on. Now uh, there is another uh, option. Uh, if you're in a system menu and it isn't mentioned on the menu, which is a bit confusing. Um, if you push the uh, toggle button down and you're in a system menu, it turns the Pi off. Um, I get a message something like shut down and it gives you the date and time and whatnot. Uh, 
and then I think uh, the blink stick comes on with a blue light to warn you that it's shutting down and uh, there's some there's a wee holes at the top of the case so you can look through them and, and you can see what the LEDs on the Pi are doing um, so you can see it fl- flashing away as it's shutting itself down and stopping yeah, I generally, generally get another um, 5 or 10 seconds after that just to be absolutely sure before I unplug the thing um, <clears throat> now they uh Another facility that I added um, at a later date um, was uh, the 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 the, um, the Pi Face Control and Display Board is equipped with an infrared uh, sensor, an IR uh, sensor, and um, I was able to uh, program it to work with uh, a remote control. I initially tried to program it to work with a spare remote control I had lying about the place, and I wasn't terribly successful with that. And I found a, um, an information, a, a, a lurk, I think you call, call it a lurk file, Linux infrared control, something like that. Uh, I found a lurk file for, uh, I think it was a Samsung remote control, and that's, in fact, the remote control I have for my television. And it wasn't exactly the same remote control, but, oh, but three quarters of the buttons were the same. And um, so what I did was... Um, because the problem is, if I was going to use the TV remote control, then I, because this thing is on all the time, if I was playing with the TV, it might upset the uh, the uh, this box and go off and start playing podcasts and whatnot, and I would lose track of where I was and everything. So that was an issue. So what I did was I um, I set it up so that if I push the blue button, uh, then it activates the infrared remote control, but that in itself wasn't enough either because I found that I inadvertently sometimes activated it by pushing the blue button. So what I then did is I introduced a double tap again, just like the previous and next buttons. You've got great flexibility with the um, the um, libraries and stuff that come with the PyFace uh, controller display board. And so by double tapping the blue button, it says, I think you get it flashes three times the backlight of the um, LCD. And it says IR on. I did, and then I think if you push it, double tap it again, then it says IR, it flashes once and says IR off. I did that so that I could know at a distance whether it was activating or deactivating the infrared. But of course, after I coded that, I then got myself a blink stick and I decided I could use that to determine whether the infrared is on or off. So basically, now when I double tap the blue button uh, and as well as the LCD flashing three times, which is probably overkill and not necessary now, the um, the blink stick comes on with a red light, uh, the front-facing LED comes on red, so at a glance you can tell, all right, the, informa- the remote control's live, better watch what I'm doing. Um, and on top of that, when it is live, I still then found that I occasionally forgot and... and um, Saturday things going when I didn't mean to. Particularly when I was playing with uh, with Cody, uh, and uh, so what I did was I, I made all the other buttons, uh, other than the light light button, um, double tap as well from the remote control. Uh, so if I push the play button twice, then I'll, it basically does this. It basically activates that button one, which just toggles between play and pause, for example. And uh, I used the stop button to toggle between the backlight 
but because that doesn't matter uh, what the heck that's doing uh, I do, didn't bother introducing a double tap on that one so um, and and the thing is that the, the sensor for this thing is deep inside the unit and I thought oh this is never going to work you know you'll need to be right next to it or whatever but I found that it was uh, very sensitive and worked all around the, the room to the far far corners the um, blink sticks got two LEDs a front facing one and a back facing one uh, the back facing one I used that when uh, when I send messages to the pa- to the uh, to the box uh, what happens is I get a bright purple I bring on a bright purple LED to show that um, the um, uh, that there's a message come in basically so it means I can see this bright purple um, this bright purple uh, halo behind it and that draws my attention to the fact that there's a message sitting on the um, pie to look at and I, I send messages such as you know this backup's complete or this download's complete or I mean I can send any message you like to it basically uh, I generally um, timestamp it so I can see oh that, that happened half an hour ago or something um, it's quite handy <coughs> find it really the, the, the unit immensely useful um, and because it works on Wi-Fi, I can take it anywhere I like, uh, plug it in, and 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 control this remotely control this uh, Spy elsewhere in the in the house. Um, so in fact, I've got the the unit sitting on the desk next to me just now to to explain it uh, to you. Basically, um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Don't think there was. Can't think. Can't think. Nope. Don't think so. Hope you haven't found this too boring. I'll just so I'm going to turn it off now. So if I push, it's on the system menu, and if I push the toggle button down, it'll say shut down 18:02, 10:53, and 51 seconds, and the blue light comes on. And if I look over the top of the wee holes in the case, tiny wee holes, I can now see the green light on the uh, Pi board flashing one, two, three, four, and then it stops. So now the Pi is probably safe to turn off um, so I'll just I'll just unplug that now yeah well, that's it off yeah so um, this is uh, a final solution for uh, controlling uh, mock music on the command line I do still sometimes use uh, my triple E PC uh, occasionally um, and uh, again, occasionally maybe my laptop or or the PC, but ninety percent of the time it's it's the uh, it's this um, control box thing that I use, and um, hopefully that's inspired you to maybe uh, do something similar similar yourself. Uh, if you get a bit of spare time um, these days, I haven't got as much time, but um, I still manage to do a wee bit of programming occasionally on on the box. Uh, the most recent thing I did was the uh, the seek command. Uh, so yeah, I do get a time a time from time to time to to think about other things. It's it's hugely flexible and there's a lot of things you can do with it. It's um, you're only limited by your imagination. Um, oh, one one other final thing: the the toggle buttons on the top. Uh, I discovered the menus were jumping from time to time, and I, I couldn't quite work out what was happening. And then it occurred to me that well, maybe it's switch bounds because they're pretty naff uh, toggle buttons. Uh, on this thing, uh, I mean they work, but they, they feel a wee bit rough. Um, so I introduced, I used a double tap thing, so that if it gets more than 
uh, two taps within a certain amount of time, then it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, it only picks the first one and ignores the the uh, the remaining ones. And because um, I tried all sorts of adding in delays and various things, and I couldn't work out what was going on. Um, and and that's what it turned out to be just just a, a switch uh, switch noise. And I would, you know you would flick it to the left, and rather than it receiving one command to go to the left, it was maybe getting two or three or something daft like that. So that solved that problem. Yeah, that was a bit of a faff sort of working out what was going on there. But uh, yeah, now now the the devices it's like a it's like a bot it's almost like a one of these um, off the shelf bot devices that you know you buy, plug it in and forget about it. It's uh, almost don't think of it as a, a Raspberry Pi anymore. Um so yeah, great fun. Great fun. So hope you enjoyed that anyway. I think that's probably all I've got to say on the on the project. Okay, that's about it for this episode. Uh, hope you didn't find it too boring. And uh, uh, next time uh, I may, and I say may, I've not quite decided yet, I may do a walk through some bits of the code uh, that go along with this project. Uh, just just briefly, obviously, because, uh, well, these things t- tend to take longer than you expect, but I'll try and keep it brief because I know uh, um, talking about code... Um, High levels, fair enough, but trying to go into the nitty gritty is as it's uh, kind of painful in the years, you know, the syntax and whatnot. So uh, I might do that. I'll I'll see. And um, and finally, if uh, if you've got some interesting hobby or passion or something you want to share with us, why don't you do that? Uh, I'm sure you would really find it interesting. Uh, just go off your bums and give us a show. And lastly, uh, if you want to contact me, I can be contacted at Mister X at HPR at googlemail.com that's m-r-x a-t-h-p-r the at symbol googlemail.com so until next time thank you and goodbye listen 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 You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.